the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Going to get into, well, first of all, the big game. The game on Sunday that means a lot because we're not allowed to say the name of it between two teams. One's from Kansas City and the other from the Bay Area. Is that a good way to describe it, Zach? Yeah, it's a good way to describe it. That's a good it. way to describe it. Okay. Well, no, we can't say it. It's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl on Sunday. It features the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to discuss. You know, that I think a lot of the discussion around Drew Locke right now is first of all, is he the guy? No, we've answered that. Like I think most people believe that he is the franchise guy. Now what's it going to take for Drew Locke to get to Patrick Mahomes, or at least for the Broncos to catch Kansas City in this division? Because I think if you ask anybody, uh, they'll tell you Kansas City is the cream of the crop in the AFC West. So we'll discuss that today on the podcast and uh, give our picks for the Super Bowl. Of course, it's all presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. For the big game, you should go on over there and go check it out because I tell you what, they got TVs everywhere and ooh, do they have good drinks. You go on over there and check it out. Of course, uh, some of the drinks that you may have never heard of or some of your favorites go on over there to tap 14 on the web that's tap 14.com tap 14.com you can follow me on twitter at ronnie k radio that's at r-o-n-n-i-e the letter k radio on twitter uh zach seegers joining me as usual a little time off you yeah. uh you had you had <laughs> the virus the yeah. yes you uh but you're okay and <laughs> you're still alive you're just still barely. with us Point just barely on Yes. Uh, it was very nice of you to come into my uh, hospital room. You know, oh, carry, I did. Carry I, all the audio equipment. That's with right. You. Nice I of you did. To pack it all I, you know what? I'm here for you, buddy. I'm here for you. Uh, where can they follow you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z A C H underscore S E G A R S. Very good. Now, of course, Zach, you've got a lot of great stuff on MyLifeSports.com. In particular, I think the one that I want to highlight is the What's on Draft, because, of course, well, that's what we're going to be talking about. But we'll get to the What's on Draft in a little bit, because the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Uh, San Francisco, Kansas City, your immediate thoughts, and why don't you just pick the game for us? You know, I, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to... Well, first off, I guess this is going to be an incredible matchup. I can't remember being so excited for a Super Bowl. It's probably the last one the Broncos were in. I was so excited. Yes, 2013 for... is is probably the one matchup wise. Matchup, matchup wise. wise on 2013 paper. I thought was a very good one. Um certainly Didn't of course off. we we don't want to <coughs> we try not to remember what happened <laughs> in that one, but uh anyways, I digress. The good news is that the 49ers have Kyle Shanahan and uh, not John Fox and and the Chiefs have Andy Reid and not John Fox. So I don't think You'll get an absolute dud in the big game this time around. Um, uh, it's going to be a fascinating matchup, but ultimately I think the 49ers are going to win. I see a lot of similarities to those Giants teams that uh, beat up two incredible Patriots offenses in the Super Bowl um, with interior pressure, and I think that's going to be the story of this year's Super Bowl. I got uh, 
49ers, I don't have a score, but I'll say 31-28. Okay, so you're thinking a very close game. Oh, it's going to be very close. exciting game. It's going to be close. I don't. I think you can only rein in the Chiefs' offense so much, but I think the 49ers will do just enough. And Kyle Shanahan's, I think, the smartest football mind around. And uh, the defense he's going against is not that great. I think okay. they're vastly overrated. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I know we're not allowed to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways because it's my podcast and I make the rules. <laughs> uh, I'm, e- I'm going to say either the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely throttle the San Francisco 49ers or the 49ers win close. See, I almost see it the other way around. I think the four, well, I could see the 49ers winning close, but I don't, I only could see the 49ers throttling the chiefs because of their defense. I can't see the chiefs throttling. Here's why I sense um, that's just a small little pit in my stomach. And it has everything to do with the fact of who's been in that kind of moment before. Okay. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs were a offsides penalty away last year from being in the Super Bowl. Let's and be probably winning it. And, and probably it. winning it. Um, this is a high-octane offense that can score from several different angles, so many different ways, and quite fr- frankly, they have the best quarterback, uh, probably the best player on the field of the entire game in Patrick Mahomes. The San Francisco 49ers, while a successful team and on the up-and-coming it, it kind of does remind me a little bit of the 2013 Broncos. Let's remember, this was a Broncos offense that was supposed to just roll over Seattle, but it was still kind of, I don't want to say new to them, because you know Peyton Manning had been there and he had won a Super Bowl before, but as a team collectively, it was this was the new venture. This was the next step into the Super Bowl, and... We all obviously know how the first play started, uh, being snapped over the head of Peyton Manning, and then all of a sudden it just avalanched into this disaster in which the Seattle Seahawks absolutely ran them over. And and maybe I'm just pulling from a local example, um, so maybe it doesn't turn out so much that way, because San Francisco has a tremendous defense. And and I'd say my... my Biggest difference there is the 49ers aren't going against the Legion of Boom. You know, sure. they've got that is that true. Chiefs defense. I think. Yeah, I know, will say it is, is an improved defense. So I think that's but it overrated. is no Legion of Boom. I, I think they're not that much better than they were last year. That run defense. It it when the Titans could only run the ball and not pass the ball, they were able to stop the Titans' rushing attack. But the 49ers are going to be able to hit you with a lot of things. And oh, Kyle Shanahan. Wherever he goes, those offenses are incredible. He's done it with RG3 in Washington. He did it with Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. I I just think he's going to cook something up that will be able to take advantage of that Chiefs defense. And I think the 49ers defense is going to do just enough and just limit Patrick Holmes's incredibleness just barely enough. You're talking about a special player in Patrick Mahomes. That's the thing. Yeah, it's going to take – Patrick Mahomes is just – I would never bet on this game because I think the 49ers are the better team. But like you said, the 40, the Chiefs have the best player at the most valuable position. So, I will make the pick and say 49ers win close. Something to the realm of 24-21, I think. I, I don't think this is going to be as high scoring as people think. I, I think this is going to be a bit of a slog fest early you know offense is trying to kind of figure out the the opposing defenses but um it would not surprise me also to see kansas city just come out and hit a couple big plays and then all of a sudden 
San Francisco is playing on their back heels, and then it just becomes the Patrick Mahomes show all day long. So certainly uh, it will be an interesting one. Um, Now, of course, this is a Broncos podcast, so (laughs) we transfer to a a very rough transition. Hey, how long is it going to take for the Broncos to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, This is a, a Broncos team that, look, as much as we joke, okay, I actually think, in the first of all, in the NFL, and I know it's hard to believe, but you know what? We've seen history say this time and time again. We have seen teams turn it around very, very quickly in one year. And quite frankly, Denver is set up to be a team that we may have these conversations in two, three years. Okay, But I want to pump the brakes on that. What I want to focus on today on the podcast is more so Drew Locke, because he really is, pardon the pun, the key to the lock in trying to catch the team that's in the Super Bowl right now, which is Kansas City. What do the Denver Broncos need out of him most importantly, I think, is where we want to start this conversation, and that's what we'll talk about next. So welcome back to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado Bears on tap and 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. Zach Seegers joining me on the podcast today to discuss the Drew Locke situation and what the Denver Broncos need out of Drew Locke to catch this Kansas City team. Because let's be honest, Kansas City is going to be the benchmark for the next 10 years. Would you agree? I agree. So for this division and catching Kansas City, I mean, do they need Drew Locke to progress into somebody special, uh, a dynamic top five quarterback, or even if he didn't pan out to become that kind of guy, do you think Denver can match Kansas City with surrounding him with great talent on offense, a great offensive coordinator, um, and, and a bona fide defense as well? I think the answer to that's kind of both. You know, I think one to compete with Patrick Mahomes, you're going to need a special quarterback. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is just something we've never seen before at quarterback. He's the most physically gifted quarterback ever, arguably. And he, Bruce Arians was saying at Super Bowl week that he's one of the most impressive quarterbacks on the whiteboard he's ever seen. He put him up there with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and a fourth guy he refused to name so that every quarterback he's worked with would assume he was talking about them. But with having that mental side and the physical ability, Patrick Mahomes is going to be at the top of this league for the foreseeable future. A long so, time. A long time. <laughs> so even as the Chiefs teams change around him, they're going to be very, very competitive. So if Drew Locke's not a top 10 quarterback, you have to move on from him. You can't okay, so that's, even that's, with, the be- that's the benchmark. I think that's, that's the, the benchmark. Bar. You're hoping he, like you said, is a top five guy. Then you might have a chance to consistently battle the Chiefs. Um, but you're hoping he's a top 10 guy. That's the only way you ever really stand a chance, I think, um, you know, to win the division. And I think uh, if you want to beat him consistently, you have to do those other things you were saying, which is build a strong team around Locke so that he doesn't have to do all the lifting. Even with an incredible roster, you'll need a quarterback that can carry the team, but I think you're going to need both to compete with the Chiefs in this division. And they they will absolutely need both. And I'm going to turn to a, a, a example to the Green Bay Packers. You know, there are a lot of times the Packers couldn't beat the the Bears or the Vikings in the division because it was Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. 
And we couldn't we couldn't name a guy on defense after Clay Matthews left. Their offensive weapons after Randall Cobb left. I mean, they they got a guy named, uh, with all due respect, Marquis Valdez Scatling. Is yeah. that what his name is? That, that like, I, I, you, you, these aren't guys who are big time playmakers. That's the point. And I, I do agree with you. I think it is a bit of both. Um, and I and I think I'm probably a little bit very much floating where you are. I, I do think to- Drew Locke needs to be somewhere in that top 10 discussion with the idea that this is a guy who can win. I, I think maybe more so, instead of defining it by number, I need Drew Locke to be a guy who can win them the game if they need be. You know, but like I, if it's two minutes left, uh, down by six, and we need you to score a touchdown and win the game, and you got to go 90 yards, I need you to do that. But he needs to be the guy who can do that consistently, too, and not just the guy who can you know, find, find that magic every now and Spike then. a drive. That's yeah. The, yeah, exactly, because there are those guys, Ryan Tannehill where, or, or Jameis Winston, where, you know, uh, Jameis Winston's a better example, where the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. And I don't think Drew Locke shows anything like Jameis Winston. I don't think he's going to be joining the 30-30 club anytime No, soon. I don't think so. But uh, the point being, he needs to just be a great quarterback because the thing is Patrick Mahomes is going to leave such a thin margin for error. Uh, chasing him that even when he signs a ridiculous contract and the Chiefs are um, struggling to surround him with pieces, I think Brett Veach is one of the best GMs in the game and he's going to be able to draft and replenish talent. That's how they have uh, such a strong uh, roster now, unlike uh, what Ted Thompson gave Rodgers with the Packers. Uh, So when that margin for error is so slim, you need a quarterback that, like you're saying, can carry the team, but can carry the team for long stretches. How um, let's talk about a timeline of when we realistically think. Let's just say best case scenario. Okay, Drew Locke develops into a top ten quarterback. Guys throwing four thousand yards, twenty five thirty touchdowns a a, a year with single digit interceptions. You know, top ten numbers, good numbers. When do you think is a realistic timeline for the Denver Broncos to get back to this world where they're winning double-digit games and potentially competing for the division? Is it as soon as next year? I think next year they can be in the playoff conversation. I think, you know... Now, playoff conversation as a wild card or as a division potential champ? As a wild card. I think the Chiefs will suffer some Super Bowl hangover. You'll have some guys leave. But really, look at, when you look at their free agency list, those players really start leaving in a 2022 and 2023. There, uh, there is a laundry list of guys, and I know you you got a ton of them here. Um, but I will say this: yeah. not only just they're not just guys. I mean, they're kind of big names. They are. You've got Chris Jones this year coming up. That's going to be a big contract. We'll probably reset the market at uh, the defensive line. Reggie Ragland, an important linebacker. Morris Claiborne, Bashad Breland, and uh, another cornerback this season. Next offseason, you have Cameron Irving, a tackle. Um, Travis, or not Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's up in 2022. And next season, you also have Patrick Mahomes coming up, who's going to sign. many believe is going to be the first $300 million contract. An absolutely absurd amount of money is coming his way. Sammy Watkins, who maybe you let go, but that'll hurt the team. Charvarius Ward, that's when he comes up, who's been the great cornerback they've discovered this year, who's been a key uh, part of that team. Travis Kelsey comes up, like I said, in 2022, as do a lot of other pieces of that O-line. They're going to Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, um, Breland Speaks, Derek Nandi. 2022 is when they'll really start suffering. 
And uh, so I think that's the year. 2022 is the year when you realistically go, they can start competing for the division. I think 2020 and 2021, you can talk about them being a playoff team, maybe with an outside chance at the division or the Super Bowl. And look, this is all obviously, I mean, we're just projecting outwards with the idea of, look, hey, um, first of all, that Patrick Mahomes contract is going to be a hefty one. Okay, that's going to be a lot of boat anchoring. Now, if you ask 32 teams, you're going to get 32 yeses when you say, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, I want that guy for $300 million. They give him whatever he wants. Exactly. Blank check. The really interesting scenario for Broncos fans and what they should root for is there has been some talk that Patrick Mahomes, rather than demanding a number, might demand a percentage of the salary cap Mm. so that as the salary cap rises, he's still getting the same chunk of pie, which would mean that the Chiefs, you know, currently you have someone like Derek Carr sign a $25 million contract in a 2015, when 2016, whenever that was. And it very quickly becomes not a big deal because of how rapidly the cap expands. If Patrick Mahomes choose to go for a set chunk of that pie, I mean, it'll be hampering the Chiefs cap situation for however long that deal lasts. So just to kind of give you an idea, uh, we were looking at the numbers, you know, on this percentage based, if you will. Let's just say at 20 percent, that's the locked number that Patrick Mahomes would want on a total contract. It does the number isn't set every year because it's basically set on the cap. Uh, we would be looking at forty-one million per year, which okay? is the cap this year. Which and is remember that's in, before a CBA correct. that's about to come in, and it could jump to sixty, seventy, which sounds absurd, but it's within the realm of possibility for that Mahomes it, deal. It really is kind of an interesting discussion because you know we we of course always talk about players with the idea of hey. Uh, they're going to get an X amount of money per year, X amount of money guaranteed. But of course, you know, there's always this resetting of the cap because, you know, uh, or a resetting of the positions paid out because the cap keeps going up where this percentage deal is kind of interesting. And, you know, I, I don't know if this would lead to other players of that caliber say, hey, well, Patrick Mahomes got 20% of the team's salary, so how about I get 21% yeah. of the team's salary? And then the next one comes along and wants 22. And 20. I, I, it would be a fascinating discussion, but I, I will say this. If there's ever a player who essentially has power to do probably just about anything he wants – it's Patrick Mahomes, no doubt, regardless of how it's done. He's going to get paid a boatload of money. He's not um, leaving the division. You know, he can ask Which is for, a real shame. They, they, <laughs> could, they would franchise tag him for the next four years if they had to. You know, they, they'll pay him whatever he wants. There's no yeah, way he's it, it very much is going to be a blank check that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get. He is going to set himself up as well as his kids, 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 kids for life. So in a, a weird, lot of kids. in a weird sense, Broncos fans should be almost rooting for Patrick Mahomes and his contract because the more expensive <laughs> that deal is, the less ammunition the Chiefs will have to work with. Because no matter what, he's getting the deal. He's going to be in the division for a long time. Uh, hopefully, it's a very, very expensive one for Kansas City. You know, and, and the, that's a topic of discussion I did want to get to is um, where do you come out on this with Broncos fans? Are they supposed to or root for against? the Kansas City Chiefs because on one hand it's hey it's a division rival we hate the Chiefs we don't like them they're not us we don't want other division uh 
teams to win Super Bowls because we want to look best on the pedestal. But on the other hand, look, if they do win, I think there are serious um, consequences from a Super Bowl winner with the idea of, hey, this guy's going to want more money, this guy's going to want more money, Patrick Mahomes' contract deal is going to go up, they go down in the draft, although it's only one spot. I mean, these are very real, I don't know if the best word is punishment, because if you're an NFL team, you'll take that any day of the week, but the point being is that there are actually some serious consequences to them winning the Super Bowl versus not. Um, Where do you come out on this? It's interesting, you know, because I think there's both sides there. I'd lean towards rooting against them you know i i think we just can't do it well can't stomach it who what's the team that has lost the super bowl and then the next year they came back and won it i believe the last team to do it was the dolphins it with super bowl five losing to the cowboys and then super bowl six winning or it might have been the cowboys losing in super bowl five and then winning in super bowl six again mm. over the dolphins but it's happened once in super bowl history um so i guess that only applies to next year but i i think if you win, you can kind of build the Chiefs up as that next Patriots, that next dynasty, where maybe if you're a veteran player who's a free agent this offseason and you want to try to win a ring, maybe Kansas City becomes more desirable. But there is, as you're saying, always a Super Bowl hangover. So I think I, I'm kind of a fan of it's not a fun answer, but root for who you want to root for, because I think either way the, the Chiefs are going to get looted, even teams that lose the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, lose tons of players. You know, the 49ers lost all those players after losing to the Ravens. I will say this. Uh, I will be rooting majorly for the 49ers for, for a couple reasons. Um, I've met and known John Lynch for a while. I will tell you, one of the nicest human beings. Uh, I got to, got, in, a, in a funny twist, I got to coach against John Lynch's daughter, uh, oh, wow. coaching youth sports. And uh, he was one of the more nicer individuals I've gotten a chance to meet all through the media in covering football. Of course, there's the Shanahan ties. I do want to see Kyle Shanahan be very, very successful and win Super Bowls just like his dad. And I think it's tremendous that he's already getting that chance. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I'll be rooting for San Francisco on the weekend. Quite frankly, I'll just be rooting for a good game. I really hope it's not two and a half, three hours of just this complete blowout one way or the other. I hope America's treated to a very good game. Me too. We had a, a streak of a lot of good Super Bowls. 49 was great. 50 was great because the Broncos won it. And then 51 and 52 were all-time classics. 53 was a snoozer. I hope we have another great one. Yep. And, of course, we'll have a great halftime show too. Shakira oh. or J-Lo? Shakira. I mean, it's not even debatable. What? What? It's not even debatable. I it's just J Lo. She's crazy. She's crazy. Have you? What do you seen mean crazy? The, there's been like the the J Lo is 10 a worldwide years. icon. Icon. No, thank you. I don't think we could say. I, that I'd say Shakira. neither. But I'll take Shakira. Well, that's yeah. We're sports talk radio. We have to do. We have to choose one. Yeah, Shakira. Okay. Over J Lo. Okay. You're a big J Lo music fan. You're no. bumping J Lo home. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not pumping either of them at home. But quite frankly, I, I don't think I want to be listening to Hey either. guys, when you're driving home on I-25, <laughs> look for Ronnie in his car. He's gonna be the one bumping the J Lo. Uh what is <laughs> J Lo's best song? I I'm asking you. I'm asking don't ask me. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know. I tell you what. All right. Well, we're all done for the podcast. Teej, what's the best J Lo song? <laughs> <laughs> you what you know what? We should get him in here. TJ. TJ, come here. TJ, this is a live edition of our podcast. 
uh, where TJ TJ McBride, who does our podcast for the Nuggets. Now, now, TJ, as you know, Ronnie, diehard J Lo. No, I did not say that. Diehard J Lo fan. We what, need, so we're trying. We to. need you to break the tie, <laughs> J Lo or Shakira. Oh, Shakira. Shakira. Thank, End of conversation. End of conversation. All right, get Thank out of here. You. Get out of here. Uh, Rocky Mountain <laughs> Hoops podcast, TJ McBride hosted. Thank you for your quick cameo on the uh, Broncos Blitz podcast. We certainly appreciate TJ and all he does. I, I just. <laughs> the true answer is neither, but whatever. It should be a good halftime show, too. It should be a good halftime show. So uh, we're all done for the podcast. Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter? And then tell us about this What's on Draft series because I think a lot of Bronco fans are really going to want to check it out. Absolutely. Uh, the Twitter is at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Zach with a C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then the What's on Draft stuff just weekly. I'm uh, pumping out a little draft coverage content, purely Broncos focused. Who are they going to take in the upcoming draft? What? Uh, how are they going to fill that offensive line need, the wide receiver need and whatnot? Uh, this week we had one come out, uh, I believe today or tomorrow. Uh, I uh, looked at all the top uh analysts you know from nfl network espn bleacher report got who they have uh, the broncos taking in their most recent mock drafts uh what why they have the broncos taking those people and then uh, gave my analysis on whether or not i thought that'd be a good idea we'll be also going through we'll be having essentially a draft series of podcasts coming up talking about individual prospects as well as um, where could they fit with the Denver Broncos if the Broncos decide on going down that route, uh, who, who would benefit Denver the most, trading up, trading down, staying where they are. That is all coming up in the future with the Broncos Blitz podcast. Uh, of course, it is the off season, but there is still plenty to talk about. So uh, we appreciate you joining us on, uh, by the way, we this podcast I don't know if you saw Zach online. Uh, there, there's this place called Feedspot, I guess, mm-hmm. and they 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 poll a bunch of different fans on what they think is one of the best podcasts across the board. Like wow. every Denver Broncos podcast, we were in the top ten. How about we were that? in the top ten? How about I think that? we were like number five. We were one of the best podcasts. So we appreciate our friends at Feedspot uh, for helping us out with that. As Here's uh, hoping Drew Locke can get to our level. Yes, absolutely. If Drew Locke, I tell you what, I said this on air and I'll say this right now. If Drew Locke is a top five quarterback next year, they are a bona fide contender. Yeah, if they bona fide if they make the right moves with all those draft picks. I mean, we're talking we're talking about if Drew Locke throws four thousand plus yards, forty touchdowns, single digit interceptions, that's that's a team that is twelve, thirteen wins and potentially a division champ. If they spend potentially those, if they champ. spend that capital right, I, I still we can't have another Bryce Callahan, Juwan James sure. free agents. That is also a gigantic if regarding Drew Locke. So True. that's just that's just a little dreamland to leave you with uh, so you can sleep cozy tonight. As uh, Hopefully you have a tremendous weekend. We'll be back, of course, next week with another edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14 for Zach. My name is Ronnie Court. Follow us on Twitter and, of course, at MileHighSports.com where we have all info on the Denver Broncos at MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.